0: Uh, good morning. Uh, I'm Caden Rogers. I'm from Providence Church in Knoxville, and uh, Chase Phillips, who spoke with you last week. I work for him. I'm his intern, which uh, and I'm an intern for Student mentor- Ministry, which basically means uh, you bring your kids to me for two hours, they beat me up, and then they go home. <laughs> but um, uh, thank you for having me today. I'm honored. To be here today I wish it was under better circumstances but um, the good news is that the pa- your pastor will be with Jesus so um, I'd like to start off with a little bit of my testimony just to get just so y'all can uh, better know me um, I grew up Methodist and then we switched to Baptist when I was younger. Um, I've always been in church. My family's been in church. I was baptized in middle school. And then once I got into high school, um, that's when I really, my life started to kind of change. I let the things of the world take hold. I really let sports dictate my life. And I let that change my personality for the uh, worse. And um, uh, I was very uh, hypocritical of other friends. I would... Um, as it says in the Bible, I would point out the splinter in their eye and then ignore the log in my own. And uh, thankfully, I was able to realize that very early on that um, I said I was a Christian, but I did not act like one. And so I was luckily I was able to uh, um, call out myself on that and rectify that. And so through some crazy circumstances, I, uh, I met my now fiancé, Carson, and she got me started at Providence. And through God's grace and, uh, you know, his sense of humor, I am now in student ministry. <laughs> and uh, I'm up here speaking to y'all now. And so uh, so that's pretty much about me. If you have any other questions, I will be here after the sermon. But today, we will be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And I'll give you all a second to uh, turn there. Um, In this passage, it is the Sermon on the Mount. While you all turn there, and Jesus is showing us what a true disciple looks like through the Sermon on the Mount. And in this specific passage, Jesus is teaching us about prayer. And... (laughs) The crazy thing about prayer is, is that we, as sinful humans, are able to have a one-on-one conversation, an active conversation with God. I mean, it's, imagine a king is asleep in his bed, okay? Medieval times, a king is asleep in his bed. Who do you think has the authority to wake him up at 3 a.m. for a glass of water? Nobody. Now, if a child were to walk up to him, if his own son were to walk up to this king and wake him up at 3 a.m. for a glass of water, that king is not going to be angry. Okay? He's going to give that son a glass of water. That's the kind of access we have to God. God is, I mean, we're sinful humans by nature, but God, through his love, has given us this access that we can come to him at any time, at any point, with any request. And that's the beautiful thing about prayer. And so in Matthew 7, that's what Jesus is teaching us. So we'll, uh, we'll start off in verse 7. <clears throat> Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And, the, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And so Jesus is showing us that this is not a, a this is not a one-sided conversation. This is not just closing our eyes, bowing our heads, and talking to ourselves. This is an active relationship. I mean, God is listening. And that's what Jesus is trying to tell us. If you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be opened. It says, one of my ver- favorite verses in Psalms, it says, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. And that just, that just proves he is listening. And in the, in the Greek translation, it literally means to this translation, because he inclined his ear to me, it means that if a king, if you were to walk up to a king and ask him something, that the king literally leans out of his throne and turns his ear and cups his hand behind his ear to hear you better. That is what God does with us every day he is actively listening he's not just this this man up on a cloud who's just you know he's he's hearing but he's not listening he is actively listening and that's what Jesus is trying to tell us this is an active relationship an active conversation with God and the beautiful thing about it is we don't have to we don't have to butter him up we don't have to you know compliment him on anything he is readily listening right this is um I mean, as a kid, I'm sure you can all remember having to uh, suck up to your parents to get a toy or something. I know I, know I have. I would come to my parents uh, when I was younger, and uh, I brought them all these reasons why I needed a four-wheeler, even though I was not big enough to probably ride it. And uh, we, don't have to, we don't have to do that with God. We don't have to compliment him and, and butter him up to get these things. We just have to come to him. And He will incline His ear to us, and He is listening. Now, here's the here's the kicker of what Jesus is saying. He says, "Ask, and it will be; uh, asking you will receive." Forgive me. Asking you will receive, but He never says, "Ask, and you will receive exactly what you've asked for." That's the kicker. And so, what I mean by this is. If I sit here and pray to win the lottery every day, I might I might win the lottery, but I might not. Okay? Um, imagine the movie Bruce Almighty. If any of y'all have seen it, the scene where he is getting all these prayers flushed into his head. He's starting to hear them, and he gets he makes a um, email account as God, and all these prayers are coming in. And he just answers yes to them all. all right? And then just complete anarchy breaks out in the movie. This is not what Jesus is saying. And uh, that's the that's the tough thing is that we may pray for things and uh, Jesus doesn't answer right away or God doesn't answer right away. We don't get exactly what we asked for. And so this is what Jesus is telling us through this text is why that's so and just about prayer in general. And so um, why would a loving God give me such a harsh answer if I'm asking about something, if I'm praying about something? And so first and foremost, we get these answers, good and bad answers in our case, through God's love for us. God isn't going to sugarcoat things for us, okay? Okay. Because he loves us, he will he will give us the truth, you know, right up front. Me and my fiance, one of our hobbies is working out. We love to work out, and so if my fiance comes to me and says, "How did that look?" If if she's doing something that's gonna get her hurt, I am not gonna sugarcoat it and be like, "Oh yeah, it looks good." That's look, I'm gonna tell her. You need to change this. You need to change that. And she does that for me as well. That's what God does. God isn't going to sugarcoat things for us. God is, I mean, he's truthful. He's going to come to us and tell us and show us that either this is not what's good for you, or let's do this, or he's not, he's not going to sugarcoat. He'll be up front with us. All right? So, why does God not answer my my prayers for fill-in-the-blank? And for me personally, personally, I've narrowed it down to two broad sections for myself. And these might pertain to you, they might not. I don't want to speak for the congregation. But one, I might, may be praying for selfish reasons, for my own gain and not the gain of the kingdom. Okay. Two, God loves me, God loves us too much to give us something that we are not ready for, okay? And uh, either that we are not ready for or is not good for us in any way at all. So that would be my father isn't going to give me a truck when I'm 10 years old and, and just throw me the keys and be like, here you go. Because obviously I don't know how to drive a truck at 10 years old. Okay, that's not, if I ask for that, that is not good for me. That's going to get me hurt or I'm not ready for it. And God does the same thing. If we ask him and he does not answer, or he does not answer immediately or it's not the answer that we're looking for, that's one of the possibilities is that we are not, or he knows what's best for us and we are not ready for it. All right. Because he loves us so much, he's not going to do that and get us hurt. And just because he hasn't answered yet doesn't mean he won't. So if we continue on into verse 9. So Jesus is saying, ask and you will receive, seek and you will find, knock and it will be open. And then we continue in verse 9. Or which one of you, if his son ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks you for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. And so when I first read this, it's, uh, it kind of confused me just the wording of it. So basically what it's saying is if your child, I don't have kids, so, but if, if I did, if my son walked up to me and asked me for bread, I'm not going to give him a rock that looks like a loaf of bread. and be like, here, go chew on that. And if he asked me for a fish, I'm not going to hand him a snake and tell him it's a fish. Because both of those are going to get him hurt. And so Jesus switches gears here in his lesson from explanation to evidence of what he's saying. He's he's uh, reinforcing what he's saying. And he tells us God will answer us. And now he is proving his point by using this example of a father and a son. So we humans are sinful by nature yet we can still seem to take care of our own children and keep them safe because we know what's best for them or parents know what's best for them and and how to keep them safe. It's the same thing with my father's not going to give me a truck at the age of 10 and tell me to go driving. He knows what's best for me. He knows how to keep me safe. And sometimes it feels, it may feel, like God is holding out on us because he is not answering us right away or in our timeline. And I know for me personally, I always have to remember I I am on God's timeline, not my own. And so, again, just because God does not answer right away doesn't mean he is not listening or doesn't care. A big thing for me that I have to remind myself is God's delays are not his denials, He will always answer in due time. We are always on God's schedule, not our own. And He's not holding out on us. God didn't withhold Jesus from us. And so He's not holding out on you in your prayers. But it may take some time. Maybe we aren't ready. Maybe it's not what's best for us. And so if we continue on into verse 11. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask of him? And so we see Jesus really cap this off by building on his example. And of if we sinners can protect our children and know what's best for them and give them what's best for them when they are ready, and yet we are still sinners. And then he drops this bomb and says, imagine we can do that. Imagine what God, a, the perfect, omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent, unconditional loving Father will give us. And all we have to do is Jesus' and it's last statement in verse 8 is knock. All we have to do is ask. And, and he will give us the greatest gift that we could ever get it's like it's essentially winning the spiritual lottery and all we have to do is ask there's no there's no uh scratch off tickets there's no waiting by the tv with numbers on a card there's none of that we just have to come to him and ask and we will receive the greatest gift that there is and that's god so just remember this will sometimes mean what's best is not in our interest or for our glory, but it is for God's glory. And so I have uh, three takeaways. And so number one is just ask. Just ask. If you have doubts or questions or you need guidance, Jesus says it really is as simple as asking. Just come to God in prayer and lay it on him. Put it all on God. God. He has never steered us wrong. And so he I mean he is listening to you, and all we have to do is talk. And like it said in Psalm 116, because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. Uh, number two, his answers are not for our his answers are not for our glory, but for his. Even though God may answer our prayers, the way we wish, or I'm sorry, even though God may answer our prayers the way we wish we must remember, I'm very sorry, I'm losing my track here. Even though God may answer our prayers the way we wished, we have to remember that our desire must match God's desires. And as as humans, obviously, Jesus has set that standard, and as sinful people that we are, we will not live up to that standard. But we must remind ourselves daily that our desires must match God's desires. And so God will always answer, but every answer will not be what we hope for. Our prayers may be in our best interest, but not in the kingdoms. And so we may get an answer that we don't like. Because God loves us too much to answer too soon, He might not answer us right, right away. But remember, God's delays are not His denials. God the Father knows what's best for His children. Again, He may not answer the prayer, may not answer your prayer, because He knows it's not what's best for you, or what's best for His kingdom. And so we have to remind ourselves that. These answers are not for our glory, but for God's glory, for God's kingdom. And uh, my third and last takeaway is: it's as simple as knocking. It's as simple as knocking. In the in the Greek translation, the that verb of knocking there's two different two different verbs. I mean the same thing. One is how you would walk up to a wall and knock on a wall expecting that that wall or knowing that that wall is not going to open up as a door. And throughout the Bible, that verb is used of knocking, just walking up to, if I walked up up to this wall right here and knocked, obviously I know that that wall is not going to swing open like a door. But in this verse right here, it's a slightly different word that means The knocking verb in this sense means that we know that it will open to us. We know that if we knock, we fully expect that door to open. Okay? So it's as simple as knocking. Jesus tells us how much more our godly father will give us compared to our earthly fathers. I love my dad to death. Love my father to death. But I know that my godly father will give me a greater gift than my own Father will ever give me on earth. And so, and all we have to do is knock. All we must do is come before God in prayer and ask him, put it all on him. And if there are some of you in here today that haven't made the decision to ask God to come into your life, it's as simple as knocking. It's as simple as that. And um, I'll be here after the sermon. So if you have any questions for me, if you have any questions for elders and you need to if you have questions about that decision or if you need to make a decision, please do not um, hesitate to come and find someone because it really is as simple as knocking. Thank you.